to two. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is of utmost importance to us because it actually shows us who you are. It reveals so much about life and how life should be lived and how you want so much for us to be in line with who you are and what you want to do. And this morning we invite you, Holy Spirit, to reveal um, and open our hearts so that we can see like drawing a curtain back so we can actually see you and know you in the word and that our lives will be changed. Thank you, this is a place of change. As we hear your word, transformation happens. And so we pray for change this morning, that all of us will be changed not just by worship and prayer, but also by hearing your voice and hearing your truth. Thank you that it has the power to set us free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 2. And um, it's a very interesting story and it's so memorable, this story. It would have been anyway in the life of Mary and Joseph because it was an astonishing day when they lost Jesus. They had gone up to worship as all God's people did because uh, the life of God's people isn't just us individually and God, it's there's an us to it. There's a people we become part of. And so the whole family, whole kit and caboodle got into their caravan or whatever it was and went up to worship God together. And somehow they'd gone on a day's journey after being in worship in that time, you could say, in church, in our speak. They realized they'd gone a whole day without Jesus. (laughs) And if any parent has ever gone ten minutes without their child, I think you know the panic that could set in. Has anybody ever lost a child for 10 minutes in a supermarket or it's it's a panic moment so this is a whole day so they start to make their way back to try and find Jesus it's amazing how we can all go on a journey through life and assume he's with us and I put it to you that we mustn't make assumptions that we're actually here to make sure that we're with him not just he's with us So there's two sides to the relationship. That God is with us and we're with him. So they go back. And I tell you, they would have talked about this later on. I'm sure Mary would have remembered how she felt when she lost Jesus. Anxious, panic attack moment. What on earth are we going to do? And they found the boy Jesus. He was 12 years old. In the temple talking to the teachers about the scriptures, about God and about worship and about the things of God. And the teachers were astonished and amazed at his knowledge and understanding, his answers. He, he could answer questions about God based on the scripture because that's how we know God, through God opening our eyes to see truth, which is the Bible. That's why the Bible is so important in your knowledge of God. And he knew so much, 12 years old. Now, I can, with a bit of amusement, imagine when they found Jesus, they were amazed and astonished too, that there he was talking to the teachers and the, the, the actual spiritual leaders of the day, And they seemed to be so amazed by their boy. And Mary said in verse, we're going to just read in verse 48. So when they saw Jesus, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. In other words, 
We're in public at the moment, and I'm going to be polite. We've sought you anxiously, but just wait till we get home. Does anybody hear the reality of that moment? It's like, yes, darling, I'm overjoyed to see you, but it's been three days. And Jesus said to him, now these are the first recorded words of Jesus. I would say they're very important. The first words that came out of his mouth. And he said, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? You see, Jesus had a human side to life like we do. And Joe and Mary had to raise Jesus. Joe wasn't his father, actually. God was his father. But Jesus had a human side because he became fully man and a divine side because he was the son of God, God's only begotten son. And so... Joe and Mary had kind of faded into the background who it was that Jesus was. They thought more on the human side. That life's all about getting you educated, raised up, sorted, going through work and dealing with all the issues we've got with money and everything else. And Jesus actually brought back into focus the divine side. Why? Because the divine side of life always comes first and is the most important part of life. Not the human side. And so Mary says, your father and I, Jesus doesn't even answer that question and he speaks about God being his father. He says, my father, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? So in other words, he was saying, God is my father. That was the deepest core of who he was. He knew that he was the son of God. Joe and Mary had been told, but it had faded. Somehow you can hear the truth, and can it fade in your life? About who you really are, and what your purpose on life is. The majority of the world, hopefully not the church, can go through life not knowing who they are, or why they are here. And Jesus has come to restore who man is. And what our purpose and business in life is to be. And I love it that he says in the deepest core of me, God is my father. I know who he is to me. I know who I am to him. I'm his son. And he says, I know that he's got an assignment for me. In other words, he's got business for me to do. My father has earthly business, which isn't human, it's divine, but has to work out in human life. Now, in the Bible, a father is a bit different to how we view fathers. Many of us might have had a father who was always disappointed in us or left us, didn't love us, didn't, wasn't there for us. But God's not like that. But when the Bible speaks about a father, it speaks about being the source and the supplier of life. So whenever you think of being a father in the Bible, it is actually meaning that 
That father is the supplier, the source, the provider for that son, the protector of that son, and the identity that that boy grows up to have as a son of that father. And the father actually gives the identity to the child. Which is why the absence of fathers brings so much pain and anguish. That is why every father of every child is so needed to restore identity and purpose and love. Actually, the father's main role is to love and out of that love to reveal identity and purpose. But you know what a son is in the Bible's definition? And I think this is fascinating. A son in the Bible means a builder of the father's house. A builder of the father's house. Now, the house in Scripture often means family, doesn't it? The household of faith is the family of God or the family of faith. And God is building a house, a spiritual temple, which is people. So a son is a builder of the father's people. Wow. Do you not think that's amazing? And a son would have three things, aspects of building. The first thing was to come out of intimate relationship with the father. That the father was the source and the supplier of all that you need to know who you are. Rooted in love, acceptance, belonging. And so when Jesus said, my father, he said, I'm rooted in knowing who he says I am. Not what Mary and Joe think I am. My identity comes from him and my acceptance and lack of performance. I'm loved. I don't have to perform with my father. He loves me. That's what Jesus was saying. He loves me. But he's also, the first thing is this rooted in love. Secondly, I'm here to represent him. That's the other builder of, of the house, a son. Is here to represent him. In other words, show who he is. So Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. In other words, I'm so gracious. I'm so kind. I'm so merciful. I forgive. Wouldn't it be great to say to your world and those people who don't know Jesus, if you've seen me, (laughs) you've seen the Father. Why? Because the Son carries the DNA of the Father to be like him. And the third thing, so we have the intimacy, then we have the representation, we represent him. The son knows that he has an assignment and he knows that that's an ongoing thing that he gets out of relationship with his father. It's not a one-hit prayer. It's a life of connection with God. That You see, Jesus walked around saying, I only do what the father does. I only do, I only say what he says. And so a son is a builder of the father's family, of that father's house, bringing people who don't know him to know him, representing his heart and his will, who he is, to the family. Because this father, our God, has a family of sons. Now, we'll go into that in a minute. So we need all three aspects if we're to understand what being a son is. Not 
Two or one. Some people major on this. Me and God, me and God, me and God. They miss out. I'm actually here to be changed, to be more and more like Jesus. And I'm also here for an assignment. That is my heavenly father's, not my imagination and then whatever I want to do. So God has an assignment that is unique for you. But it's about his kingdom business, his will on earth as it is in heaven. That's what the Father's doing. Now you see, none of us were born sons. Only Adam. You can read in Matthew 3, at the end of that, the long list of genealogies. You get, back to, get right back to the beginning with Adam. Most were son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so, son of so-and-so. You get to Adam. Adam was the son of God. I'd never read that before. I read it this week and went, wow, Adam was the son of God. Made in his image, made to be like him, made to represent him, made for an assignment to rule the earth, to have dominion and to promote the father's business. Do you not think that's mega? But sin separated Adam from his father. Relationship. Separated him from being able to represent him. DNA and separated him from his assignment purpose so Adam was lost in every sphere because he didn't have father God and so when Jesus came most of you know this scripture Jesus came and said this John 16 sorry John 14 verse 6 I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, the way, if you think about the way, it is a path to a certain destination. So Jesus was saying, only I am the way to God the Father. No one can come to God, the Father, except through me. But don't you think it's amazing that Jesus didn't say, I am the way to heaven. He said, I'm a way to the Father. (laughs) What has he done for all who believe in him He has brought us back to a Father who is God. Not just to heaven. You will go to heaven, praise the Lord. But guess who's in heaven? God. And it's amazing, you know, if you read through Jesus' life, he didn't just begin with, I must be about my Father's business. He finished with, all the way through he prayed, Holy Father, Righteous Father, On the cross, he said, Father, forgive. In his last breath, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he died for our sins, he was still talking to his father because he knew he was loved even though he was going through the cross. He knew his identity was, "I'm I'm the son of God. His beloved son in whom he is well pleased. And he knew it was for this purpose that he came. To bring people back to the Father. So when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, Start our Father in heaven. Once again, not just individual. Yes, there is, must be a place for an individual, my father. God is my father. But there is an hour prayer life. There's an hour relational life. The two, we have a secret place, go on your own to pray to your father who is in the secret place. 
you not think that's amazing? You can go, close your door, go to pray. And who are you praying to? Your father. And where is he? There. Father who is present, not absent. Father who is present, not absent. Now Galatians, turn with me. If you have your Bible, I, I really hope you bring in a Bible or something on your phone you can read because hear the word and read the word. Let's all be students of the word like Jesus was. He loved the word. He quoted the written word. Um, He was the word of God. (laughs) In uh, Galatians 3, verse 26. So remember... We, none of us were born sons. We were born separated from God through sin, through going our own way. But Jesus came to be the way back to the Father. And verse 6, it says, Because, no, sorry, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, this is mega. I'm sorry, if, if, if you really get this, you're going to be jumping on the inside. And I don't mind if you stand up and jump and praise him for this. Because this is it, guys. This is it. This is the central purpose of God, to bring many sons to glory, to the Father. You are all sons of God, Not by human birth, but by being born again. No one can enter the kingdom unless they are born twice or born again. So in other words, the old you, the natural you, cannot be a son. I just have to tell you the truth, there's absolutely no good in you except for the truth that God loved you so much that he died for you. (laughs) Because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in other words, we've all sinned and fallen short of the character of God. Which is why you must be born again. A son of God. And God doesn't give birth spiritually to daughters because we're all sons now your head can can do you in on this because I know I'm a girl so it's not speaking about gender it's speaking about standing just as if it was Jesus standing before God when you pray the same place as the Son. Because now, when you're born again, you are in Christ. (sighs) Through faith, not anything you do, everything that He did. Only believe! (gasps) Only believe! My goodness me, this is good news! You are all, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that he died on the cross for your sins, that he rose again from the dead, and he wants to be your Lord. You are born of God. You're God's son. Amen. Born of God. God's son. A new creation. You never existed before. The old has gone. The old sinner is gone. I'm no longer a sinner who's saved. I am a son. Stop singing songs about I'm just a sinner who got saved and they got the mercy of God. I'm a saved saint 
a holy one, made holy by God himself. Seems to be more revival this side than that, so you're catching up. We're all sons of God through faith. That's why it's all grace. You're saved by grace. What's grace? God's unearned gift and blessing. It's who you are. It's who you are. So when your natural family, which is often where you get the tension, like Jesus did with his natural family. Has anybody ever had natural family tension? Where God wants this and your family want that. But remember divine first. I must be about my father's business. Hello. There's also natural tension with your flesh. Your flesh will want to not do what your heart, your spirit knows. I'm a son, I shouldn't be getting involved with that stuff. Son of God. No son of God gets in that, does that, lives for themselves. I have a new nature. I have a new ability. I'm a son of God. See, Jesus, when he was going to the cross, he was trying to download a lot of important truth to the disciples. And he actually said this, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going... But you're not going to be orphans. Now that meant, in Hebrew thought, fatherless. I'm not going to leave you fatherless. So what did he say? The reason you're not going to be fatherless is because I'm going to send my spirit. To live in you. And he will be with you always. Amen. I'm not just a son through identity. I'm a son through the presence of the Father, through the Spirit. God is here. Born of the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Let's read Galatians 4 and verse 6. Oh, this is just mega. I'm so sorry I'm excited, guys. <laughs> but really, this does me so much good. Right, truth sets me free. Is it setting you free this morning? Right. Galatians 4 verse 6. And because you're sons, there we are as an assumption. If you have faith in Jesus, you're a son. So, you know, your thinking needs to line up with truth. You see, Jesus was deeply conscious as a 12-year-old. I'm God's son. And so my desire is to do what pleases God. He said, I must do my father's business. There There was an inside must. I call it an inside must. What's that? His love compels me. This isn't duty. Obedience isn't duty. It's love. Oh my word, oh my word. It's love because he loved me. I I must love him back. (laughs) I must serve God with my life. I must be about his business. What am I doing of going about my own business? Today's a day to return to the business of God and your Father. So, he won't leave you orphans. You won't have to provide for yourself. You won't have to look after yourself. You won't ever have to be alone. Because God himself is coming into your life. When you're born again, he comes in. You're standing on your own defenseless. You have a Father. You don't have to look after yourself. Your Father. Ask and you will receive. Your Heavenly Father already knows what you need. 
wonderful, isn't it? Because you're sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. I love that. That's the third person who is God, the Holy Spirit. The spirit of his son, that's Jesus. So God has sent forth the spirit of Jesus into your hearts. And your deepest core. The strongest thing in your life is that you're God's son. And he's your father. Because when the spirit comes in, what happens is, crying out, Abba, Father. So God sends his spirit into your heart by which you cry out, Father, God's my father. When you're born again, there's a knowing on the inside that doesn't come with head knowledge, it's heart. God himself is my father. Abba. Abba was a, a word they used in the culture of love and affection. The first words of a child, Abba. But in the culture, it didn't just mean love and affection. It was kind of two sides to the same coin. There was the love and affection, but there was also the other side to the coin, which was respect. So you can see that in the 12-year-old boy, Jesus. I must be about my father's business. So in other words, my father isn't here to serve my business. Wrong way around. There's a respect. There's a awe of who your father is, but he's still the one who loves me. The God who is love. And he cares. And he's my source. And he's my provider. I'm not here to provide for myself and work three jobs. So I'm absolutely worn out. I'm not here to satisfy my own thing. I'm here because God has a plan for my life. And that assignment is being worked out. You see, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God. I'm sorry, we're going to need the Spirit to reveal this to us. Because your head can't get it. My head can't get this. I'm an heir of God. Say that aloud, if you dare. I'm only saying what scripture says. So I'm agreeing with God. It's very wise (laughs) to agree. I'm an heir of God through faith in Jesus. In other words, I've inherited all things. In Christ, everything that's his is mine. But am I a builder? Because he's always a good father. He never changes. But where am I at in the father-son relationship? Where really am I at? It's a good question for me and for you. How is my intimate connection with God? Because everything comes through that. Do I spend time knowing him, knowing him in the word, on my own, as well as us together? Do I spend time in prayer, in the secret place, and our Father prayers? Am I allowing him to be my source and trusting him to provide for me and care for me and protect me? That's out of relationship. Secondly, as sons, we have his DNA. So in other words, God himself is your DNA, Christ in you the spirit of his son. Which means, in your heart, 
you are perfectly like Jesus in your spirit because Christ is in you. But not yet living in the fullness of that. Don't know if you've noticed. Or let me put it like this. I don't know whether the people you live with have noticed. Or the people you do life with in the church have noticed. But we are going from glory to glory if we behold him. (laughs) Don't go looking at yourself. If we go looking at him, we are being changed. We're in a process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Do you know what Jesus is doing? He's made you a son so that you can grow and grow and be more and more transformed, predestined into his image. So that you can say to the people you meet, if you've seen me, you've seen God. The Father. Drop the mic moment. Not if you've seen me, you've seen Judith. What does he want? He wants his son to be seen. So he put his spirit in you. So that you can constantly be changed. It's a process, isn't it? And then your assignment. You know... There's a scripture, and I'm nearly finished there, um, just with a couple more things. There's a scripture that says, Paul goes on to explain how we've died, and our life is now risen to a new life in God, and born of God, and he's going through all these amazing truths in Romans 8. So he says, therefore, in I think it's verse 12 of chapter 8, therefore we are debtors. Not to live according to the flesh. Now, I want you to understand that. Because sometimes I don't think we really get um, that we're in debt. Not because we earn our salvation or earn the place of grace in which we stand or earn our inheritance. It's all free. But Paul actually says, We should live as if we're in debt because of how much he's done for us. So in other words, not to live according to the flesh means your own selfish desires. I want, I think, it's my plan and I'm going to do just what I want with my life and God bless it. So many Christians pray, God bless what I'm doing rather than God will bless what I do for him. And in that, all things will be added. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added. But then he doesn't say try and serve God in the flesh with your human effort. He says, if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. You live in the flesh, you will die. Spiritually, there will be a a dulling down and you won't be aware of God, your Father. Fade into the background about who you are and why you're here. And your plans will have a resurgence and come up and God's plans will go down. But if you sow to the Spirit, sow to your relationship with God, you'll reap life. And it'll be so easy for you to deny your flesh that doesn't want to please God and be led by him into your assignment. Can you see that? We're debtors not to live according to the flesh. You see, we're saved by grace through faith. All of it is a gift. You're a son of God through faith in Jesus. God is your father. You're his son. You get your security, your identity out of God. Rooted in love. But God has an assignment for each and every one of us to see his kingdom come in our unique world, family, life, neighborhood, church, That's where he wants to see you working out the Father's business in connection with him.
I'm going to finish with this, then we're going to pray. I've thought a bit about this uh, prodigal son. It's a very famous story, isn't it? Uh, A father had two sons. There was the elder brother, and that's a whole message. And that's not for today, but the waster. And the, 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 the son, the younger son, went to the father, the father and said, give me my inheritance. So the father shared the inheritance between the two because actually he, all, he gives us all the same inheritance. Not the same call, but all the same inheritance. You have no less than the apostle Paul. In fact, can I put it like this? You have no less than Jesus. Because he sent the spirit of his son. So there actually, you can try and excuse it, but there is no excuse. Have you ever tried to do that with the Lord? Well, it's only me. No, it isn't, it's me. He would say, it's not you, it's me. I'm your DNA. I'm your father. You're my boy. You're my son. I've got a plan. Just connect in and I'll show you. I'll direct your path. But this boy, you know what happened? It didn't take him very long either. It says uh, after not many days, he decided to go off and separate himself from the Father. Isn't it interesting how all problems happen in life when you separate yourself from God? When you're not in intimate connection with him. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? The, waste, the boy who was still a son, he was never not a son. I love that. He was still a son. God still loved him. But the son separated himself from the father. Went off, and you know what happened. Got all his new friends, new life, um, you know, relationships that actually nobody knew God in that, that place because God is the father in this story. And, you know, it was all unsaved friends and got into all kinds of wasted living, prodigal living. And um, you know what happened to this boy is that he actually lost love, affirmation, identity, He lost his identity because he was down with the pigs, not up with his father. Isn't it interesting how you can have as much of sin as you want and be down with the pigs? It's your choice. This boy lost his guidance. He lost his purpose. Everybody wanted him for what he could give them, not for what he, who he was. His father loved him for who he was, not for what he did. And everybody in the world will spit you out. Have you noticed? And sometimes even in the church. But your father went. And I love what this boy said. Listen to this. This shows me. Still on the inside of a backslider is, I will arise and go to my father. What did he say? I'm getting back to him. going to get back. What am I doing with my life? I will arise. I love that. I'm going to go up. I'm going to get up and do something about this. And he said, I'm going to go back and say, Father, I've sinned. You know what he said? I've sinned. I'm going to say what it is. Not they made me do it. I've sinned. And so... I'll arise and go to my father. He's still my father. But you know what I love about the prodigal son story? It's about the father. Any son that's lost everything to the world 
The Father is always there waiting for you to come back. In fact, he was looking out and he said, saw him from a distance and he ran. This boy got up and started to go, but the Father saw that change of heart and mind. That's called repentance. Wonderful gift. Repent to the goodness of God. This is what repentance is. Repent from sin and into the goodness of God. I don't know. The Holy Spirit is saying to me today that there are some of you who are so lost in a place where you're really not with the Father. But God is saying, come back. That this is the moment you can be restored to him. The father ran. He kissed him. He fell on his neck. I love that. You know, the, it, we're not... Well, sometimes you see it with the younger kids and their dads. They, in Italy, you get this. And you get it when you're about my age. I go to... When, I, when we go to a minister in Italy, they all... And then, then this side. And they're so expressive. I love it that God is. He's not stiff. Not like very respectful father. Respect, I come to daddy. <laughs> you my boy, you're back. I've waited for this moment. And he doesn't sort of just say, Well, I'm glad you're back now. Let's go through everything that went wrong. He says I just want to give you. He said, let me lavish my love on you. Let me put all my goodness and blessing back. That's God, the Father. And you know, this boy couldn't believe it because he had messed up. The elder brother couldn't believe it either, but that was another problem. Because he wasn't enjoying his Christian life. He was just... Mr. Duty, just Mr. G, I'm going to go work, get out, come back, go to the father's house, sit at the table, yeah, I did the business today, and I'm going to go to work. There's no relationship. There's no love. There's no, oh, I love him. He loves me. I enjoy my life with God. Yes, he has stuff for me to do, and it does cost me. The Christian life will cost you. It has to, because you're not here for you. But he loves us. He gave everything for us. Therefore, we are debtors. Not to live for ourselves, but for him. And that boy, all he'd lost, he got back with the father. Where was he? In the father's family again. Church, as they say in New York. Or church, as they say in England. Back in the house. A builder of the father's family. Through relationship being changed and knowing your assignment. And Jesus, you know, knowing he was a son, the, the son of God, isn't it amazing that he said the secret of living an effective life is that you haven't come to be served but to serve, to build other people up, to play a part in reaching somebody with God's good news. Not just for yourself. A son is an heir. But the greatest of us all are those who are the servants. Not on a platform, although this is my call to serve here. But servants, sons who serve, serve the fathers will. But mostly it's because he loves us. It all comes out of this amazing love. Shall we stand? Thank you, Jesus. How are you doing?
Isn't he good? Isn't he amazing? Thank you, Father. Lord, I I just, I don't know if you want to pray along with me, but I believe that he would like a response from everything that we've seen that he's done. You're all sons of God through faith in Jesus. Just thank him that you have been born of God. You're not what you were. You're a new creation. You've been born again because the Father wanted to have you as a son. Someone who he could put his spirit in to give you that identity that you belong to God, that he's your Abba, Father. By the spirit you know, just thank him that you are a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your voice to him. Lift up your voice. Thank him for his generosity. Be exuberant back. (laughs) He gave everything. (laughs) He gave everything. Thank you, Lord. You did it all for us by grace. It's all a gift. We're sons of God. Thank you, Lord, not by performance or by our own works, but because of what Jesus has done for us through the cross and through the resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just thank him that God is your father. More than any human identity, your role in life, your uh, job, your God is your father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, witness with our spirits right now that we are the children of God, that we belong to you, that you're our source, you're our supplier, you're our protector, you're the one who gives us our identity. Lord, you give us a DNA that is actually your very spirit living inside of us so that we can represent. Lord, change us to represent Jesus more. Come, Lord, and move through our lives, Holy Spirit, so more of the mercy and the goodness of God can flow through us. I pray that wherever we go, people will say, I've seen the Father. That we would see more and more of the life of your Spirit flowing through us, Lord. I pray we would be more conscious of the divine side of life than the human. That we'd get our identity, our security from the truth that you love us that you accept us. Some of you have faced huge rejection in life, whether it's because of your culture, because of what someone did to you. God fully says you'll find your identity in me. I am your father. I will provide I will restore you. I will heal you. I will provide protection. I'll guide you. Yes, I'll discipline you, but that's a father who loves. I'll sort things in your life so that you can live in my best. And when you go through the challenges, just see it as an opportunity for the real DNA of Jesus to be seen. Amen. Amen. Forgiveness flowing to those who've hurt you. Mercy, grace, kindness. Oh, Lord, 
I pray that we wouldn't just live on the one-sided, just you and us relationship, but we would see our purpose. Like Jesus, that we'd be about your business. Your business is of primary importance to builders of your, your house, Father. And so may that be our words this morning. I must be about my Father's business. Go on, just you pray that. Respond to that. I must be. Holy Spirit, you're living in me so that I must be about my Father's business. Thank you, Lord. 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 You're my father, I'm your child. I surrender. Take my life. Take my life. Father, as Jesus gave these very important words and spoke to you, As his father, I thank you that all through life, in every season, you're our father. That we can always run to you. Now, if there's anyone that that knows they've wasted their lives separated from God, doing their own thing, I don't know, you know, where you've got to that it will be pig's will in the end. It won't be nice. It won't be nice. And you can lose everything, especially if you keep going that way. Why don't you say, I'll rise and go to my father today? (laughs) If you will, admit that you've sinned, that you've not lived in fellowship with your father, And you've kind of done life your own way. Just come back to him today. It's an important moment for you. If there's anyone doing this, the Father runs towards you right now. Nothing but joy and extravagant love and forgiveness for you. He forgives all your sins. He forgives you. But then he lavishes blessing on you. The Lord lavishes on you today his love, his righteousness, his robe. You're right with him again. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. And if your heart has grown distant and cold. There's only one place where you can warm up, (laughs) and that's with him. Just return to your first love, to him. He loves you. He loves you more than anyone. He loves you more than even you love yourself. There's no one that loves like he does. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you that you're restoring us to yourself. I thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just die to show us the way to heaven, but the way to the Father. And I pray that uh, there would be a fresh revelation of the Father flowing to us this week. That as we go through our working days and times alone with you, times together, even on Wednesday night, that, Father, you will reveal yourself to us in fresh ways of how much you love us, how much you, your value place on our lives that you would give us your spirit. And I pray, Father, that this revelation would become paramount, the deepest consciousness in each one of us, that you're my Father, And we're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Isn't he good? Let's clap the Lord. Isn't he good? Thank you, Jesus. Do you know the amazing thing is he doesn't prefer one over the other? 
But the only happy place is with him. And so I believe someone or maybe even more than one person has just returned to the Lord. But now remember, don't live according to the flesh. So to the spirit, so to your relationship with God. And you will see evidence of his life. But more importantly, you'll just know that you're about your father's business. And you'll have the joy of that, of knowing that. Well, beloved sons of God, have an amazing week representing Jesus in your assignment. And hopefully see all you sons on Wednesday night. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Kingdom Faith Southwest. For further information, log on to kingdomfaithsw.com.